Hello, this is Tamina Watson, immigration attorney. You have tuned in on Desi 12:50 a.m. Welcome to Immigration with Tamina Watson. Today is November 24th, 10 a.m. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is still a new show. We've only been on air seven times so far. Desi 12:50 a.m. has been on air since September. It's a brand new radio station just for us South Asians. I hope you will spread the word of the show um, of Desi 12:50 as well as this particular show. On this show, we'll be talking about immigration law. Um, we will be talking about news updates. We'll we hope to take your calls when you start to call in. Um, let's give you the phone number if you do have a question. It's 206-414-7674. That's 206-414-7674. We will also be having some very interesting guests. Either they will be notable immigrants or notable people who are making an impact on immigration law. I hope you've listened to some of our past guests and today we have an absolutely wonderful guest to introduce to you. So, um, well, Thanksgiving is coming up. It's been a very busy and incredible year for me. I want to take the opportunity to thank my mother, who's actually visiting from London. She's sitting right here in the studio. Uh, who knew that her daughter would be on radio to her one day? So she's here happily watching. Thank you, Mum, for everything you've done for us, me and my brother and sister. I want to take the opportunity to actually thank my parents-in-law. I learned last week that they listened to this show live all the way from New Jersey, Morristown, New Jer- Jersey. John and Barbara Watson in Morristown, thank you so, so much for being wonderful parents-in-law. I'm so grateful. And a girl couldn't have better parents-in-law than you. So thank you for your love and support. Today's news update. Um, we're going to talk briefly about a couple of new things. There is a new bill that was introduced yesterday um, by Senator Grassley. And we all know that the H-1B visa is a controversial visa category for many reasons. Remember, two weeks ago, we talked about an article that was in the New York Times talking about um, large companies using up uh, H-1B visas more so that entrepreneurs can't use them or smaller companies. Well, the bill that came out yesterday is um, s two two. And it's called H-1B and L-1 Visa Reform Act of 2015. It's a bipartisan bill and it was introduced by Senator Charles Grassley. It intends to amend the H-1B and L-1B program where it will likely restrict many of the current regulations that we have. Uh, It will try to raise the the wages. Um, And and one of the things that we will actually do is if you change locations, uh, office locations, they will want you to file a new amended petition, something that's not necessary at the moment. Um, If this is a a subject of interest to you, then I would ask you to go to, um, there's a website called government track or govtrack.com. I I can't really remember, but if you Google it, it will come up. But it's, it's an important thing to note that The H-1B is going to continue to be a controversial issue. And, um, you know, those of us who know how useful and beneficial it is to the United States must continue to fight to keep it the way it is uh, or even make it better, but definitely increase the numbers. In my opinion, this bill likely will not pass. 
anytime soon anyway. Um, but at least it's, it's a gesture that people are making to make note or make known of the issue is on their minds. In other news, I want to tell you that visa waiver enhancements are going to happen. Now, what does that mean? A lot of uh, you listeners will have guests who are visiting from countries such as the UK, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, countries where people can just use their passport to come into the US. They use something called the ESTA to do a background check. Uh, and that, that program is called Visa Waiver Program. Um, it's a wonderful program to have, um, but in light of uh, the recent uh, situation in Paris and the ongoing threats that are going on in, in the world, um, the program is going to have some more security measures. The Department of Homeland Security is currently in talks with Department of State. And, you know, since the, the program was introduced... And the, there have been many, many enhancements since, but the latest ones are going to essentially um, add more fields in the ESTA application. It will introduce new traveler screening and information sharing that requires visa waiver program countries to uh, specifically address the threat posed by foreign terrorist fighters. And the Department of State and the Department of Homeland Security are working with visa waiver partners to implement the new visa waiver program requirements, which will strengthen U.S. security and security of, of the partners. It's interesting to see how uh, an incident like Paris is going to have a ramification all over the world. If you didn't know, the Department of State yesterday had actually introduced a worldwide threat alert. So if you are a U.S. citizen traveling anywhere, in fact, you should really pay attention to the Department of State website and their alerts to know what exactly you should be aware of. And if you can avoid traveling, definitely try to not travel until those alerts are lifted. Uh, the refugee crisis, again, it continues to make headlines about what is happening in the U.S. Last week, the White House had held a, a conference um, talking to stakeholders, um, government officials, and so forth, describing the very rigorous process that refugees have to undertake to come to the U.S., but unfortunately, the, the negative discussion continues, and the ramification is not just on refugees. It's happening internally to U.S. citizens as well. And if you listen to the news, you'll hear this morning there were shootings from white supremacists, as it was mentioned in the news, um, on protesters from Black Lives Matters. It's It's a crisis time in the country, and I think caring and loving and being understanding and compassionate is very important. So wherever you can do that, please do so. You're listening to Immigration with Tamina Watson on DC 1250 AM. You can live stream the station at DC 1250AM.com or you could tune in on your radio at 1250 AM. Do remember that we archive the show on our blog at WatsonImmigrationLaw.com. Well, now comes to the more fun part of talking to our wonderful, wonderful guest. Our guest today is an author and columnist. She is a renowned writer, um, and we're so honored to have her 
on the show today. Welcome, Ruchika. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Tamina. I'm so excited to be here. Well, thank you. I am going to introduce you for just a second before I ask you questions. Ruchika Tulshan is the author of The Diversity Advantage, Fixing Gender Inequality in the Workplace, and it was published by Forbes in 2015. She co-founded an investment business in Singapore before getting back to writing full-time. Her articles have appeared in the Wall Street Journal, Times, the Bloomberg, Oh, sorry, the Bloomberg, among other media. Ruchika has reported from six cities across four countries. She's currently, she currently serves as adjunct faculty at the University of Washington's Department of Communication and holds degrees from the London School of Economics and Columbia University. Ruchika moved to the U.S. from Singapore in 2012. Well, Rutika, you're so, so busy. I'm so grateful that you were, you're here today. What an honor. I so appreciate it, Tamina. This is exciting. I have so much to ask you about so many trendy subjects, in fact. But before we get there, I'd like to talk about immigration a little bit. So you came to the U.S. in 2012. Tell us a little bit about that experience. Sure. Well, actually, Tamina, I, it's it's sort of bad news. I, I arrived in, in 2012 and my husband um, was working here in the U.S. at that time. He had been living here for over six years and he was on a H-1B visa, which was uh, which which meant that when I entered the country, I entered on a spouse's H-4 visa. Ouch. Um, it was terrible. I was not allowed to work here. Um, I wasn't able to open my own bank account, so I had to open a joint account with him, which, uh, as you can imagine, because by then I already had my master's degrees, I had lived around different parts of the world. Um, I had done various different things, and it was very, very difficult um, and traumatic to be entirely dependent on him. Um, and unlike a lot of spouses on the H-4 visa, um, I actually had a social security number, and that was actually just a, a, a great um, advantage of when I lived in New York while getting my master's degree. But for a lot of women that I met on this visa, um, they were not allowed to get a social security number. It was it was prohibitively difficult to get a driver's license. And, um, you know, uh, there's a Facebook group, and it's, it's called H-4 Visa, is, is a curse and um, women on the visa and it's disproportionately women and um, I would say about 70 something percent are actually women of South Asian descent um, and these women enter the country and for many years are not allowed to work. Um, I know there's been some immigration reform but for many years are not allowed to work um, and soon are completely out of the workforce and often these women are extremely highly skilled uh, they're very talented in their own home countries. They were um, making waves and doing well in their careers. So that's a little bit about my immigration journey. Wow. Well, things have changed a little bit. And it's very interesting hearing about this from somebody like you. I hope a lot of listeners will relate. Um, but changes have been made. Not enough. Uh, a certain number of H H four visa holders can apply for work visas, but only those who are in a line, so called line, to get a green card. Um, changes continue to be necessary. Um, but thank you for sharing that story. Um, I hope you'll let me write about that sometime or quote you in in some of my blog articles. Um, but let's talk about some of the things that you're passionate about. Um, 
you have written a book recently. How did that book come about? Um, sure. So I've been writing about women in the workplace uh, as a blogger for Forbes for a number of years. And um, it was actually, I would say it was a book in the making for a number of years. But a lot of, some of the work experiences I'd, I'd had in the United States over the last couple of years cemented why I wanted to write this book. So I was getting a lot of um you know, I was writing these articles, I was reading a lot of articles about how women needed to change to do well in the workplace, whether it was lean in, as Sheryl Sandberg's manifesto goes, or be more confident or negotiate better or whatnot. And there was very little um, writing done around what organizations needed to do and institutionally, what were some of the changes that are required so that more women um, not only uh, get into the workforce, but they actually stay there and advance there. Um, and whether it's, you know, changes in maternity and paternity leave policies, whether it's creating a pipeline so that women are able to um, advance into leadership positions, that's really some of the areas of focus that I became really um, interested in. As I started doing more research, I actually found that there's a very strong business case for what happens when companies attract, retain, and promote women. So actually, it's not just a morally nice, kind thing to do. And I'm sure you see this with immigration as well. The more diversity of thought you have within any institution, um, the more innovative you are, the more profitable you are. And uh, I started to see this strong tie between organizations who were doing things to uh, advance women and how well they were doing in terms of their industry peers and that sort of thing. And so that's how the book idea came about. Um, I wrote a book proposal, submitted it to Forbes, and they were just building out their ebook platform and that's literally how it came about how wonderful so tell us about the writing process i just published a book myself and it wasn't easy um but how does a real author a writer do this uh probably the same way you did it and i think everyone is is quite different some people like quiet spaces some people like very loud spaces i'm actually uh, a part of the latter group so I did a lot of my work in coffee shops thank you Starbucks um, <laughs> little shout out there but um, really needed to be um, outside my house outside a very quiet environment to get the juices flowing but I would write for at least six hours a day and I actually wrote the entire book in about three and a half months no way so, that's amazing yeah it was a very concentrated effort and um, I, I was very singular about it and I had a a plan and I wanted to make it work and I'm really glad I did it because the book kind of came out at the same time that we you know that Hillary Clinton announced well she announced a little bit earlier but you know Hillary Clinton really came into the news as a presidential candidate um, a lot of talk about um, you know what's happening in maternity leave policies Amazon just announced amazing changes to their maternity leave policy well paternity and maternity leave policies so I think it came at a very timely um, moment when we're really talking about what the future of the workplace is going to look like for women. So I saw that you spoke at the Ignite Seattle event. That was an amazing speech. Thank you. Wonderful. I hope, listeners, you'll go to our blog and find the link to it, uh, to watsonimmigrationlaw.com. You'll find the link about Ruchika and Ignite Seattle. Um, what do you hope 
to happen with this book? Are people inviting you to speak at their organizations? They are. So I've already had a couple of uh, conversations with organizations. Um, one of the things that actually resulted is um, I'm definitely speaking on a more um, lo- locally. I'm, I'm speaking at a lot more events. So I'll be speaking on December the 3rd at Town Hall as part of the Women's Funding Alliance about how we can invest and empower, invest in and empower women. Um, so I'm definitely doing a lot more speaking, which is great. Um, I'm also doing a lot more writing on this topic. So one of the things with writing a book, which Tamina, maybe you can relate to this, is it actually doesn't end with the book at all. And, um, you know, it's a never ending project. <laughs> it is a never ending project. So I, I wrote an uh, op-ed for the Seattle Times about why we really need to think about the gender wage gap um, in the state. And we have a very, very high gender wage gap, um, which disproportionately affects women of color. Um, so we really need to look into that as well. So I'm doing a lot more writing, a lot more speaking, um, not only to promote the book. And, you know, I'm not the type of person who likes to promote myself, but I like to think of it as promoting a cause. And we really need to have this conversation right now. It uh, it affects America's competitiveness, um, our economy, certainly businesses, um, and also society. I mean, it's, it's tough when uh, I was just speaking with a friend recently um, who's a nurse, and when she went on maternity leave, actually uh, she works for a hospital. The hospital offers zero weeks of paid maternity Goodness. leave. Mm-hmm. So even though you're taking care of people, mm. um, the message from the hospital is we, we don't take care of our own. Right. So, yeah. Does the immigrant experience help? I think it does. Um, It creates a lot more empathy. And when I interview women and when I hear about women's experiences, um, it really helps. Because honestly, in in every other part of the world I live, certainly in Singapore, and and having a Singaporean passport is really uh, strong, you know, and we're not, uh, in fact, the the visa waiver program really uh, applies to us, where one of Singaporeans are part of the uh, program. And And I was surprised to learn about this because my family, of course, lives in Singapore and likes to come visit. I'm glad I could help. <laughs> so I'm glad you told me that. Um, and I, I think they, they'll be disappointed if they're denied entry or have to go through, jump through mm-hmm. many more hoops. But the immigrant experience really helps um, when we're talking about women because you see there's a lot of the inequities I see in the workplace today. Um, I see that really, really applying to a lot of the immigrants we we um, you know that we talk to and and certainly when I listen to your show when you when you tell me about some of the legislation and we're starting to see a lot of these barriers come up through the conversation and that worries me uh, a lot so on one side yes we're having these conversations what do we do with immigrants what do we do with women in the workplace how do we enhance their experience how do we support them but at the same time by having these conversations we also bring out those very negative and nasty threads um, and and that worries me honestly. Mm You know, um, I just remembered I saw an article yesterday, and this is something maybe you follow up with later on. I saw an article that Melinda Gates um, basically said, you know, empowering women and lifting them up from poverty will help the the world, essentially. So maybe you should send a book to her if you haven't already. (laughs) That's a great idea. I would love to. (laughs) Well, Ruchika, thank you so very much for being here. It's really enlightening to hear how the book came about. It's very timely. I know a lot of our listeners uh, will appreciate hearing from you, the immigrant experience, the notable immigrant experience as well, and such a topic that affects 
every walk of life. Um, so thank you for being here. I'm just going to mention that your book is called The Diversity Advantage, Fixing Gender Inequality in the Workplace. It's published by Forbes in 2015. Can you tell the listeners where they can buy it from? Sure. So at the moment, it's just on Kindle. Um, it's just, sorry, it's just on Amazon and it's only digital. So you can read it on a Kindle, an iPad, an iPhone, a desktop. Uh, but that should change next year and we will have printed copies uh, in 2016. Wonderful. To ask you one last question, if you have advice for our listeners, whether it's um, gender equality, your immigration, leave them with one thought that you would have. I think the most important thing to remember is a lot of the experience depends on you. And when I came in on this H-4 visa, I'm currently on a green card, but when I came in on the H-4 visa, it was a very traumatic and difficult experience for me to go from so independent to become dependent uh, to become dependent and classified as dependent. So I would say a very big takeaway I had is a lot of it lies in your hands. And, you know, I did a lot of volunteering experience. I did a lot of uh, just going to events and trying to meet people. And I think a lot of what you end up doing in life really it's it's in your hands. And I know it can be very tough when you feel like you're up against this very a difficult immigration system that really wants to turn you away or just wants to keep you uh, trapped in a cage. But it's very, very important to keep persevering. Very good. That's that's amazing. A lot of it lies in your hands. So listeners, you know, you can make your own destiny. Just don't sit back and wait for things to happen to you. You know, um, there is a movie that I've been supporting at this point, and I'll be talking about that in the coming, coming shows. Um, but that particular movie talks about how a visa stamp defines you and very much uh, the experience that a lot of our listeners will probably be having having as well. So Ruchika, thank you again for being here. You just listened to the author and columnist Ruchika Tulshan who talking on our show on Desi 1250 AM. I hope you'll come back sometime. I would love to. Thank you, Tamina. This is so important. I'm glad someone's talking about immigration the way you are. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, listeners, we are running out of time, I'm afraid. If you have questions or comments, please email me at info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com. That's info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com. I do want to hear from you. I would love your feedback and your thoughts. If there are issues that you'd like me to discuss, any news updates that you want me to mention, please feel free to call the studio at 206 414 7674 or email me at info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com. Our website is www.watsonimmigrationlaw.com. You can always find my contact info at www.desi1250am also. And remember that we also can help you with any of your immigration cases, whether it's employment-based or family-based. Feel free to call us uh, and email us. Next week, we will talk about some more immigration updates. And we'll also have a very special guest again. So sign up to our blog at watsonimmigrationlaw.com to learn about who that guest will be. It's a surprise. Um, I'm going to leave you with some thoughts about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a very special day. Um, You know, it's time to be thankful for all that we have for our family and friends and, in fact, for the country that we live in, the world that we live in. 
I ask you to spread the compassion around, spread goodwill around, and, you know, if there is any negativity out there that you come across, do whatever you can to turn it around and make it positive. Thank you again to, to author and columnist Ruchi Katulshan for being on our show today. Thank you to the listeners for tuning in on our new show. I hope you will spread the word and tune in every day, every Tuesday, I mean, on this e 12.50 a.m. at 10 a.m. I look forward to speaking with you next week again. This is Tamina Watson discussing immigration with Tamina Watson on this e 12.50 a.m. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.